Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Second to None podcast, the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and 365 Sports YouTube channel that covers everything SEC football related. I am co-host Blaine Gilmer with my co-host here, Tavares King. Great week of SEC football, and this is Reaction Monday, TK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This reaction Monday. Excited to be here once again here on Second to None with my dog, um, man, and and definitely another happy another happy Monday because the dogs got a big victory and we put a lot of points on the board, my guy. So excited to talk about that a little bit, um, as well as some marquee games in the um, in the conference. Uh, we'll hit on, but yeah, man, it was a, it was a really good, interesting week too. Um, learned learned a lot about a couple football teams. Yeah, and TK, what we're learning is, uh, man, it's a gamble at the at the quarterback position in the SEC right now. And you know, speaking of speaking of gambling, I mean, people just throwing people out there hoping for the best. Speaking of uh, gambling and betting on some of these games, we give our spread picks on uh, against the spread on Wednesdays. We give our lock in picks on Fridays. But TK, when you're talking about betting, you got to go with bet online because it's that time of the year again and all eyes are on the gridiron guys and teams are uh you know back back at it back playing between the white lines as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season get all your updated odds props and contests including uh the biggest half million nfl mega contest uh, the world's largest $200,000 Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Guys, head over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So, TK, you know, uh, we always appreciate Bet Online, but, you know, a lot of people, I think UAB in particular, and we'll get that Georgia game out of the way right off the bat because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about other than the fact that they just blew up offensively. But UAB was betting on being able to put eight men in the box and stop the run. And Kirby Smart said after the game, he said they did contain the run, but he said it was expensive for him. It was expensive for him to do so. And uh, first play right off the bat, you know, first pass, uh, Jermaine Burton, uh, 78 yards to the house, followed up by, you know, Kenny McIntosh with a nice, nice, uh, reception kind of cutting across on a check down in the end zone. You got Arian Smith, you got Brock Bowers twice, uh, just a real offensive explosion. Talk about Stetson Bennett and really the how remarkable it is that he's able to continue just to step up when called upon by Georgia. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you uh, you obviously have to talk about Stetson and uh, just the job he does, not getting reps, um, not getting the type of reps, obviously, the other guys are getting. Um, the fact that he can go out there and get the job done says a lot about who he is. And the fact that he got the nod over Carson Beck um, with, with JT being actors that believe in him. And the fact that they played the way they did says a lot about how he can carry the team and get a team rallied around him. So I think that Kirby giving him the nod was huge. And I believe, if I'm not wrong, I think I said it was going to be an explosive day for the wideouts, oh, yeah. bro. When when you when you stack the box and you put seven and they put eight in the box, it, it becomes an expensive day. And I said it was going to be an explosive day, and it was. People were wondering where our offense was in week one. Well, it's here. And when you have games like that, it builds confidence, bro. It builds confidence for those young guys. I, I bet those guys are feeling really good about their performance, feeling really good about what they did, and that's going to carry over into next week. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can, we can continue to do those things offensively and our defense is going to be what it is, my dude. Yeah. The, the defense, once again, stifling and people are going to think, oh, was UAB just, just watch UAB the rest of the year. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a well-coached football team and they're going to probably win the conference USA again. It's going to be, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson's a fifth year quarterback over there at UAB, but Georgia's. Uh, defense just stifling. You're right. Stetson Minute just has that that swag about him, man. He's got he's got he carries himself like a like a QB one. I'm not saying he's gonna you know play over JT Daniels or anything like that, but it's just a real luxury for Georgia to have to be able to call upon somebody that they know can can get it done uh, when need to. Um, TK, they have South Carolina and Vanderbilt coming up, and South Carolina is the next team we're going to talk about in there. Uh, performance against East Carolina, but you know, with those games coming up, two games that Georgia has a massive talent advantage uh, and should be able to um, really just go out and kind of have their way with things again. Uh, even though those are two SEC programs, we kind of think Vandy's an SEC program. That's debatable. We've we've kicked them out of the league, so we're, they're on probation in terms of on the second and none podcast, but. Uh, is it of your opinion that you know if JT's got that oblique? I mean, do you think do you think the coaching staff will even entertain? Hey, maybe we just sit him these next two weeks just to let that thing heal up by the by the time Auburn comes and let Stetson go out and handle business. Or uh, what do you think if if JT's you know getting close to if he's ninety percent you know over maybe being seventy five percent this week or something? Do you think they give him the nod and let him go? Well, I, I believe. The beautiful thing is that we have depth at, at the quarterback position. And but I do think if he's available to go, then they're gonna they're gonna let him go. But again, um Stetson, Carson, they can they've proven, especially Stetson has proven that he can get the job done and he can rally the t- the team will rally around him. Hell, he'll rally the team um to to, to play and, and be ready. So I mean I, I feel good about um Anybody that takes the reins um, under 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 Todd Munkin and, and, Coach, and Coach Mark, and and like I said, the next team that we're going to talk about in our reaction Monday here on the Second None Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, is South Carolina. They defeated, uh, and we we said they would defeat East Carolina going in. Um, they defeated them uh, by a slim margin, twenty to seventeen. Uh, you know, Shane Beamer 
got a little dose of reality, I think, after pay, uh, playing Eastern Illinois, that, that program. They just lost so many guys. Will, Will Muschamp leaving the program. And when there's turnover, there's always transition, especially in the day of the transfer portal. Um, so much so that with Luke Doty still out for injury, uh, who knows if it, they'll bring him back. I wouldn't bring him back. If the dude's coming back from injury, I wouldn't bring him back against that Georgia defensive front. But uh, Zeb Nolan, uh, what, yeah, what kind of a, a great story, though, that could be for Zeb Nolan. You know, he's 2-0 and in two starts for South Carolina after thinking his career was over, and now he's coming back to his home state where he's probably, what, you know, less than 30 minutes away uh, from, from where he played uh, high school ball. So uh, Zeb Nolan, again, you know, 13-24, 2-14, a touchdown interception uh, to lead South Carolina over ECU. Uh, that's not a that's not a victory to, to sneeze at, though. We told everybody that, that ECU was going to uh, kind of bring bring some competitiveness in that game. So, I mean, what's just your thoughts on South Carolina real quick, uh, you know, on, behind Zeb Nolan being able to win that game on the road? Yeah, that's not a – that's not uh... – a cupcake game. They went in the. They went in there and earned that game. I think Zeb Nolan is a a, a somebody that's been game since a little kid, so he understands um, adversity. He understands going into a, a hostile environment. So I I would one hundred percent think that he would be the guy stepping into Stanford Stadium um, next weekend, especially with what you said. He he he's coming home. He's coming home. Um, that give him an opportunity to come home and. And and what kind of what 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 better story would that be if they if they left Athens with a victory? Obviously, I'm hoping they don't. But you know what what a, what a great opportunity it'd be for him to to play between the hedges to start between the hedges. No doubt. And then uh, we uh, real quick on Vanderbilt. I guess um, Vanderbilt. We're still not going to apologize to you because you lost to East Tennessee <laughs> State. Uh, we said we were going to pick anybody over you for the rest of the year. I still, even though you the Vanderbilt went on the road and and beat Colorado State, which is not a Power Five uh, program. It's, until, it's, it's, SEC, it's SEC play now. Yeah. Once uh, we got to see you, Vanderbilt can look respectable in SEC play before here on the second to none podcast, we in re- reinstate their membership to the league. Cause right now they're, they're out for us. They're out of the league. Uh, so we're going to keep, keep Vanderbilt on the side, but um, no, uh, great job by that. You gotta, you gotta get tip your hat to Clark uh, Lee and, and those guys over there, those players that could have just folded. I mean, they could have folded after uh, losing to East Tennessee state, but to go, on the road, uh, regardless of what program they were facing, and, and Colorado State has its fair share of problems as well. Um, but to, to go and, and be able to recoup and have some composure, I mean, that says a lot about Clark Lee and, and uh, what the program's trying to build over there. Yeah, 100%. All jokes aside, it does say a lot. When you when you have an embarrassing loss like you had week one, it says a lot um, about the coaching staff, getting those guys back in line. I know they were down on themselves. Um, doubting themselves. It says a lot about them. It says a lot about the players. So, so honestly, hats off to them for going up there and getting that W. Um, we ain't going to throw a party just yet, but we'll hit them with a golf clap. No doubt. No doubt. They uh, Golf clap for Vandy seems apropos. I mean, that's kind of like a go- the golf crowd over there up in, up in Vandy. You know, doctors and golfers up there at Vandy. No, but uh, but any, anyways, uh, TK, now we're going to talk – Really, I think was before we'll get to Tennessee and Pitt, we'll get to um, Kentucky and Missouri, we'll get to A and M and Colorado. But the game of the week that I thought was there was we said it, you know, 
Texas and Arkansas. And I have to tip my cap to you. You, you said that Pig Suey was going to uh, hold court at home and win. I said that Sark was going to get the best of Barry Odom. And boy, was I wrong. Barry Odom was on his game holding Texas scoreless in the first half of play. And they go on to lay a just country beat down on Texas 40 to 21. So, TK, you you watched that game intently. You know, tell everybody kind of what you saw out of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Well, I mean, you kind of hit on it. that defense came ready to. We, we talked about it. Um, we talked about Jalen Catalan. We talked about Bumper Pool. Um, you know, Bumper Pool was out in that first half, but when he came back into the game, bro, again, his energy. Um, well, that energy was there the whole time, and I think we talked about it. Can, can they can they sustain? Um, you know, having a guy like him on the sideline for for two quarters, and and dude, they 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 were locked in, loaded, ready to go from the get go. You said it, held, held them scoreless, um, no tuggies in the first half, and and dude, that second half when Bumper Pool was out there, it they looked even more um, locked in. So it was it was awesome to see KJ Jefferson looked looked good. He looked um, dialed in. His intermediate accuracy was there. Um, he was poised. He was ready to roll. He led the team the whole, whole entire time, dude. It was it was it was cool to see. It was awesome for him to. I'm sure those fans loved it. Yeah, I mean it, the the stadium DWR was rocking out there. Uh, got that momentum early, and and that's something that they needed. You talked about um, where's the energy going to come from in our preview with Bumper Pool being out of that first half. Well, the DWR crowd kind of supplied that energy, and that and uh, you know guys like Jalen Catalan and people out there just kind of picking up the slack. Um, a lot of designed runs for KJ Jefferson. I mean his legs are a weapon. He's a big guy. He can run. Uh, he's strong. He, he's he's able to elude people. And, you know, I just want to point out that when Barry Odom and that defense there at Arkansas can hold a Steve Sark, I don't care if Steve Sarkeesian is coaching the a bunch of kids he pulled off the street. If you're able to hold a Steve Sarkeesian designed offense to 256 total yards, TK, that's saying something because that if there's one thing that Steve Sarkeesian can do, he can he can he can scheme open 300 yards in his sleep. Uh, you know, being able to do Absolutely. that and that's a dominant performance. Absolutely, that's the, again that's the most impressive thing is that those guys were locked in from the get go. Because to your point, Sark is probably one of the greatest offensive minds in in our league um, right now. So. To be able to hold them, not in not in the league yet. They they getting invited in the league. Well, <laughs> they they're, they're taking Van, they're taking Vandy's place. Nah, yeah, just kidding. yeah. Just, We're I'm gonna trade kidding. him for Vandy. <laughs> no, nah, but no, for for real, Sark is an amazing football mind. So for them to, you know, kind of kind of shut them, shut him and them down was was very very impressive. And not just that, uh, Bijan Robinson. Yeah. They they held, they held him to seventy three total yards. Seventy three yeah, total not, yards. And, and we're not talking about a cat that's um just a slappy. We're talking about I I think probably one of the top two or three backs in in the nation. One one two or three, and it's debatable. Yeah, I mean it. Um, Bijan Robinson is is a just tremendous uh, running back, both a you know versatile. He's able to to tote the rock and of course catch it out of the backfield too, which he mm-hmm. did in week one. So Arkansas fans have to be extremely excited about the result and that game uh, looming. You know now, uh, in my opinion, 
going through, we talk about Georgia's road, you know, to to Atlanta. TK, that that game where Arkansas comes to Athens uh, in about three three four weeks from now, that's a that's getting to be that's going to be a matchup of two really just physical get after you just assume spit in your face is uh is anything else defenses um when they meet there in between the hedges and as excited as those arkansas fans have to be we're also excited that our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com to bring some interactive uh fun for the sport that we love the most you'll be able to get in on the action with our play action pools pick them challenge which is open to everyone here's how it works you can sign up for the contest believe football pick them at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week we're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between nfl and college football whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of dc shoes again go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest believe that's b-l-e-a-v football pick them and if you plan on hosting your own football contest go to playactionpools.com they've got survivor pools uh pick them as well as cool sports book style concept called build your bankroll playactionpools.com your new home for all your office sports pools tk we need to we need to get in on that action they got one for the believe host we need to get on that action as good as our picks were in a week two man i mean tell you people got to listen people got to listen we got the we got the picks for them you know yeah i i I, we pretty nice with it so we might as well start we might as well get in on that for real the the believe host that's it that's it that's no doubt. So moving on from a great game in Texas and Arkansas, another game that uh, had a lot of excitement in it as well um, was that Tennessee and Pitt game. Uh, both you and I thought that Pitt would be able to go into Knoxville and take care of things for two reasons. We thought the defense uh, for Pitt would prove to be, uh, you know, the difference in the end, and we thought the the culture of Pat Narduzzi being a uh, you know veteran coach there seven years at Pitt um, versus the the early on experience of Josh Heupel in Knoxville, really trying to get that thing get the rudder going yeah, in the right direction. Um, it kind of came to fruition on Saturday, did it? Did it not? Yeah, I believe we called this one too, and you know, unfortunately, Joe Milton goes down and. And things kind of start going south for, for you know the, the the Tennessee Volunteers. But I think to me the the key of the game is was this every time every single time Tennessee you know Pitt was ahead, but every single time Tennessee started firing back or answering the bell defensively, Pitt was just there, dude. They were there. They were in throwing lanes, um, pass breakups, and then finally a pick. So. The, uh, crushing pig. So I mean, it it was um it was one of those games where Tennessee just couldn't couldn't quite get over the hump. But I think again the the key to the game it's talked about it. Their coach is is hard nosed, locked in, and they looked it. They looked like they came to Knoxville to to leave with a W, and, and they did just that. No doubt. And when you talk about the Tennessee quarterback situation now, uh, like you said, Joe Milton goes down. Hendon Hooker, a transfer from Virginia Tech, comes in. He was 15 to 21, so he's efficient. He didn't, that- he, he did, he didn't look bad at all. I just, I'm just telling you, when they, when they were knocking on the door every time, bro, something would happen. So it just it was just unfortunate for him. 
Yeah, being able to finish those drives. I believe uh, when you were there uh, at Georgia under Coach Rick, finish was the mantra, you know, finish the yeah, drill. Finish you know, the drill. Get, it, get it done. And uh, Tennessee still still looking to do that, gain that consistency in that program. But, you know, uh, honestly, a lot closer game than I thought it would be. I thought Pitt would kind of go in and uh, have their way with them. But uh, ultimately, that, that defense, uh, the leadership of Pat Narduzzi, and then Kenny Pickett. Um, I think people don't realize that Kenny Pickett is – could quietly play himself into being a top draft pick uh, in the NFL. I'm talking a, a you know top you know one two three round type guy because teams in the NFL are always looking right. They're always looking for that next guy at, at quarterback, and you've seen plenty get drafted that aren't as uh, skilled and and uh, you know talented as as a Kenny Pickett. He's built a relationship with Peyton Manning. They said during the, the broadcast and things like that. So. Uh, when you're seeking wise counsel like that, TK, it says a lot about you as a as a person and and things like that. So, Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, and Pitt go into Tennessee and get a victory there. I think Tennessee is going to have to be able to, um, you know, they they ran the ball okay, uh, but we said that if if you know, you'd, when you talk about Joe Milton and and Hendon Hooker, that's really who had all their runs. A Hendon Hooker, forty nine yards. Joe Milton, fifty four yards. Jamar Jabari Small only 18 yards on the ground. Small had over he had 117 yards I think last game. Only 18 this game. So we said if Tennessee wasn't going to be able to run the football, we don't think their passing attack is is there yet, and it wasn't. So uh, Tennessee has to improve the passing game. Speaking of that, passing game issues. Texas A&M goes to Colorado. TK, this is not even a game that we put in our preview section on Friday because we thought that you know number five team in the country going to lowly Colorado Buffaloes who haven't been relevant in a while. Um, we thought it would kind of, they would just go in there and boat race them. And uh, Haynes, yeah. And Haynes King gets hurt in the, you know, only gets to throw two pass attempts on the day. He gets hurt in the first quarter with a lower right leg injury. Some people are, some people are speculating that it could be as bad as a, uh, a broken ankle. Who who knows what's going to end up being the, he was on crutches on the sideline uh, for the rest of the game. And Zach Calzada, who's from uh, Lanier high school uh, over in Swanee uh, here in Georgia, uh, saw him play in, in high school. He comes in, uh, goes 18 for 38. Uh, when you're 18 for 38, that's that's I mean they barely they, they survived on pure talent alone uh being mm-hmm. able to be more talented than than that Colorado team recruiting won them that game. Uh, Zach Calzada did have a, a touchdown pass, a clutch touchdown pass that ends up uh winning them the game. But TK, this is not uh you know we with when you have Isaiah Spiller and when you have Arian Smith and you have Jalen Widemeyer, all these weapons that we've talked about and there's this inefficiency in Jimbo Fisher's offense. That's got to be a big concern for Texas A&M at this point. Well, it's huge. I think we talked about it early on as well. The recruiting has has to has to start showing. And I think one thing that we can pride ourselves on at Georgia is 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 the recruiting and the depth. If you look, guys are going to get hurt. We've got Anthony Richardson's hurt. We've got Joe Milton's hurt, and then what's after that? What's after that? So it, you you got to start recruiting for depth i think and 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 your recruits have to start the talent has to start showing um but obviously that was a big blow Haynes king going down uh calzada stepping in getting it done but 18 for 31 isn't going to get it done in our league like you said they won this game because they were physically 
more talented and physically more gifted than than these kids than those kids at uh, Colorado. And that that gap, that talent level gap, even though A&M has, you know, built a, a nice roster, having top 10 recruiting classes for, you know, three, four years in a row here under Jimbo Fisher, that talent gap isn't going to start be, producing. Yeah, but that talent gap's not going to be as big when they start uh, facing SEC teams, you know, because other SEC no. teams are recruiting similar as well. So uh, they, they have to have better execution and can't survive on the talent alone. Um, you know, a uh, lot of lot of – you know, uncharacteristic things. Texas A&M eight for eight for twenty on third downs, uh, seven seven penalties um, on the day, uh, lost a fumble. Um, so you know, a lot of things that Texas A&M has to get ironed out before they can even think of competing with Alabama. And who knows? Uh, you know, a lot of when you play, face an Alabama, a Mobile quarterback has kind of been the the Saban's Achilles heel over the years, right? And Haynes King was definitely the more mobile of the two between him yeah, and Zach Calzada. So who who knows how long uh, Haynes King will be out? But Texas A and M they survive in advance. So hey, two and zero is two and zero, and they get to go back and and uh, you know go to the drawing board next week. TK, we talked about Kentucky, and and both uh, Kentucky is a team that both you and I really believe in. Uh, I think each of us are on the same boat thinking that they will at this point be the the challenger to Georgia in the SEC East. They're they're the most complete team that we see. But uh do you know the spread was five and a half. They win by seven. You and I thought they should get a couple more points on that. We thought it might even be a double digit game. But when you have Kentucky, uh once again, you know, being able to put up over five hundred yards of offense for two weeks in a row now, uh what man the, the tra- trajectory of this Kentucky program is just you know totally different than what it was a year ago. Well, yeah, I agree. And doing it against an opponent that's in our league is impressive, super, super impressive. We just talked about it. It's hard to do. It's hard to do the. the uh, it's hard to do that in our league, and the recruiting is you know at the same level um, for the most part. So um, for them, for those guys that go out. Um, Will Levis. He was only for 179 uh, th- this game. They did it through the ground here uh, is what ended up. Chris, uh, Chris Rodriguez, 27 carries for 206 yards, uh, 7.6 yards a carry, three tutties on the day for Chris Rodriguez and 20, finished it 27, off. You know. 27 carries. My man was doing work. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez, I, in my opinion, um, the best back in the in the SEC, the most uh, complete back. I really like Chris Rodriguez. He's a he's like a little you know bowling ball, and he's got some explosion to him. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is a guy that is uh, you know just explosive, electric for Kentucky. So, and I think what you have to like if you're Mark Stoops in Kentucky, TK is the you know the first game they go out against UL Monroe and they show that explosivity through the air. They're able to Will Levis is able to. You know, take that away. Of course, I'm sure Missouri saw that that film and and did some different things defensively to try to take away Josh Ali and Wondell Robinson, all that kind of stuff. And then, lo and behold, when they change up the defense, uh, Mark Stoops ain't ain't too proud to keep handing that rock off to Chris Rodriguez. So, what does that say about about that uh, that offense there at Kentucky and their you know finding having different ways to win? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what it says. It says that we can do this. We can beat you in more than one way. We can. How do you want it? I'm surgical with it, as as Denzel says. How you want it? <laughs> uh, 
man, they can do it in multiple ways, bro. Um, they can turn around and hand it to that guy, or we can get it to Wandell Robinson or Josh Ali Awad and, and kill you that way. Um, I think that them having weapons, again, makes them a the, the contender for, for the dogs uh, thus far going into week two. I'm going to do that. You know what? I'm going to do that every week, too. I'm going to pick who's going to be the contender in the East for the dogs. No doubt. Still and, and, yeah, it's still and Kentucky, Kentucky right now is is that preeminent uh, – that Kentucky is that preeminent team um, that is is looking very impressive with Will Levis there. Um, one of the few teams right now that seems to have uh, everything settled at quarterback, honestly. You know, you got, uh, like you mentioned, Anthony Richardson at Florida. They they beat up on, uh, on South Florida, but, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson pulls a hamstring in that game. Uh, Florida takes out South South Florida forty two to twenty on the road, but DK, uh, I don't know uh, with with Florida heading into um, you know, or they're going to host Alabama next week. Um, but even with Alabama coming to the swamp, uh, I just don't see enough with Emory Jones throwing two picks in this game. Once again, it, turning the ball over, not looking efficient. I don't see enough out of uh, out of Florida right now to make me think that Bryce Young is about to go in there and just drop a fifty piece on them. Well, yeah, I mean you got to be worried defensively, obviously, um, with Florida struggling defensively. I think, but from an offensive perspective, I don't know. Um, I, I it looked like to me Anthony Richardson was the better is was the better of the two. I don't know how serious that hammy injury is, but. Man, when he when he when he takes off, it's it's a different kind of takeoff. He he he's running to get to to get somewhere. And um, uh, man, I think without him, it's gonna like be a little bit rough. Um, Emory, Emory Jones through through two weeks is having a rough go. I think it's four picks through two weeks. So I mean, he's having a rough go right now. So let's. I don't I don't know if uh, UF's gonna get it done against uh, Bama next week, bro. No, I, I think with Florida, you know, they did rush for 363 yards in that game. Uh, so they ended up having 600-something yards of offense in a game. But let's call it what it is, okay? Mississippi State, the last team we're going to talk about, Mississippi State beats NC State 24-10, to right, after only beating uh, Louisiana Tech by one at home the week before. That same South Florida team that Florida just took care of, forty-two to twenty, NC State beat them Jokers forty-five to nothing in the first week. So if you're doing some score comparisons, uh, not a very impressive win by the Florida Gators there in terms of you know just not really fully uh, being able to to just go start to finish because in that second half. Uh, Southern, you know, South Florida outscores Florida seventeen to seven in the second half. So, uh, you know, you want you want to finish that game better if you're the University of Florida for sure. But to end things off, we're gonna apologize to Mr. Zach uh, Arnett, the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Mississippi State gets a big win. Them cowbells were rocking there over there in Starkville with, uh, you know being able to take down who I believe is a good, very good NC State team. I, they had Devin mm-hmm. Leary coming back at quarterback, I thought, with his mobility and the and 
Mississippi State's inability to stop people not only last year, but, you know, LaTeX putting up 34 in the first game. I was worried, man. I was worried for the, the other set of Bulldogs here in the, uh, in the SEC, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. But Zach Arnett, uh, that defense over there, Mike Leach actually can won a game that, you know, he won a game only scoring twenty four points. I mean that that's not something that, that he's uh, he's done a lot of. So he he probably, uh, he probably pulling his hair out. Oh yeah, him and him uh, he probably called Hal Mummy, his guy that started that you know all that uh, air raid stuff back in the day when they were working at Kentucky together with uh, Tim Couch and like man, I ain't ever won like this. This is crazy. But uh, you know, Mike Leach uh, able to win a low scoring contest over there. What is it? What does it say about them being able to you know much like. Uh, Vanderbilt except on a whole different level being able to come back from even though they won week one a embarrassing kind of performance to you know being able to kind of take it to a good team at home yeah I mean I think it says a lot I think it says a lot that they were able to hold NC State uh NC State's offense um Zach Arnett hats off to him for for getting those guys ready because it's hard bro it's hard when everybody's talking about you talking about uh, everybody hanging hella hella yards and points on you. Um, you can't stop nobody. You hear that, you know that, but sometimes you got to ignore the noise. And and Zach Arnett and that defense did that this weekend, and they came out victorious. And and to, and Mike, <laughs> Coach Leach, man, it's funny. It's twenty four points isn't a lot for them. So like I said, he's probably pulling his hair out, but I know he's glad they got the up. No doubt, and uh, I think they've got a good uh, player there, and Will Rogers at their at their quarterback uh, position. However, you know, uncharacteristic. I mean, they win that game with only 316 yards of total offense. Uh, mm-hmm. In that game, you're talking about NC State. Uh, you know, has more total yards than than Mississippi State. They had more passing yards. They had more rushing yards. In fact, NC State only rushed for 32 yards on the on the day. But Mississippi State only rushed for twenty-two, so uh, you know they, they're they're slinging that rock. They ain't trying to run it over there with Leach uh, for sure. But you know that defense no, it's, holding it's, a, it's, it's an air raid for sure. Yeah, and and that defense holding NC State to thirty-two yards rushing, uh, just just a, a big deal over there. Um, they did win the time of possession battle. So uh, Davis Wade Stadium in there in Starkville, that home atmosphere, getting it done for the Mississippi State Bulldogs once again. But, guys, that's our kind of our reaction Monday in terms of going through the games and everything. TK, uh, Alabama, you know, plays a, a cupcake uh, in Mercer. There was a lot of other, you know, cupcake games. Uh, but now next week, SEC schedule hits. So after week two, are there any teams that you just feel differently about than maybe you did in uh, after week one, anybody that is kind of lost, uh, their stock has gone down, or maybe their stock has gone up after after. Man, this week. let me check. Let me check my list here, man. Kentucky still balling. Um, you know whose stock went up? Arkansas. Arkansas stock went up, bro. They were impressive, bro. They were really impressive. If they can continue to do that, man, they 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 might just make some noise. And and in that game in Athens, might just be a really fun night no doubt and i think arkansas honestly uh after seeing the haynes king injury and seeing uh how a&m played on the road i don't think you'd be hard pressed to say that arkansas and Ole miss are really the two teams that scare alabama the most right now in terms of in terms of that the west out there i know alabama's not scared of anybody but in terms of the west those two teams are the teams with mobile quarterbacks and 
defenses that seem to be highly improved from year one to year two under their head coaches that, you know, can at least maybe uh, compete and have, have a ball game. Cause LSU and Texas A&M don't look can, like these guys right now. Can we, can we even say that out loud? <laughs> Alabama's scared of Mississippi state and Arkansas. I don't know. If no, I, I, said, I said Ole Miss. I said Ole Miss. Oh, Ole like, Miss. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, Ole Miss. And still, can we st- say that out loud, though? Hey, they took him to the break last year. Took him to the break last year. We might want to whisper that one. Yeah. I, I'm, I, like I said, it's. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to come close in the West, but now it looks to me like, you know, how we're saying Kentucky's the, the, the biggest threat to Georgia in the East. I think Arkansas and Ole Miss may be the biggest threat to Alabama in the West just because of how the, how they're playing. Okay, that's fair. Fair. Yeah, so that's our that's our stock up and stock down report here. TK saying that, you know, I think I think Texas A&M uh, went down a notch in my eyes. Kentucky and Arkansas are both, you know, still still right there in a just upward trajectory that both those programs looking great vandy's still trying to get back into the sec even after a win in our mind but uh here on the second to none podcast which is presented by bet online and playactionpools.com for tk i'm blaine gilmer and thank you so much for joining us make sure to go ahead and hit that that like button on the youtube channel subscribe to the channel turn on notifications for 365 sports also subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, anywhere you listen and we will catch you on wednesday for a what's the spread wednesday for week three sec opening action on the second to none podcast Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.